Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message brought to you by John Crampton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Hey, hey, hey. It's a beautiful day. Woo! Oh my goodness, God is doing just some amazing things in this time, in this season, yeah? It's just so exciting to be a part of what he's doing, yeah? Just watching how this, this increase is happening. So we prophesied at the beginning of the year that the Lord was going to bring increase, and we noted that one of the ways in which he was going to show us that he was going to do it would be the increase in pregnancies, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to look anywhere specifically, but it's just like, wow, the scans are coming thick and fast. Yay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So praise the Lord, Lisa, my season is over. We just get to love on everyone else's kids. Yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah, so just enjoy your sleep while you can. It's really good. You get it back after about 18 years, 20 years or so, you get your sleep back. But it's, it's all right. You'll be fine. The Lord gives grace. But we're just watching how the Lord is causing a surge and an increase, you know, in expectation of what he's doing. And, uh, and so we're seeing the children's ministry just like phew, mushrooming. And, and, uh, and, you know, I don't know where you guys all came from, but gosh, you know. So we're actually just watching how the Lord is, is fulfilling what he said he was going to do. And it's really super exciting. We, we're seeing the, this intake now with the, the joining the family. There's over 60 people that are, are in this, um, this, should we call it a cohort? And, I mean, that's about the number. In fact, it's more than the number of what the church size was when Lisa and I first arrived. Yeah, so, you know, talk about a doubling if, okay. This is incredible. And, and to watch the, the, the people being part of the Freedom Encounter training on the weekend, how the Lord is raising up people who are able to work with the tools that the Lord has given to us that we might actually see freedom come in our lives. So many of you have heard of the Sozo ministry. Well, ours is called Freedom Encounter, and we use those principles. And the number of people who've come into a greater place of spiritual freedom is just beautiful. Yay! And, um, and then we had a great time this last week meeting with, with uh, church leaders from around the country and we went on a retreat together and, um, and just hearing again testimony after testimony what the Lord is doing in town after town, city after city. There is such an increase and a surge of the believers rising up. Yay! And so we get to be part of that and it's just absolutely beautiful and the overflow of that is in our worship, and, and so we, we're just giving ourselves in the season, giving ourselves just that little bit more. You know, we, we looked at that scripture, in the time of rain, pray for rain. Yeah? And um, I think it's in Micah, is it? Zechariah. It's in Zechariah. In the springtime, in the time of rain, pray for rain. Okay, so obviously this is not springtime. You might have noticed this is like full-blown summer. You're hot, eh? But, uh, but let's continue to pray for rain. But the point is that when it's the season for something, recognize the season and lean into it. So if it's raining season, then pray for rain. 
Well, this is a season of increase and expansion. Well, let's just lean into that. What does that look like? So we're welcoming people. We're expecting that the Lord is going to draw people in. So we're looking. Our hearts are open. Maybe there's somebody we know who is not part of a congregation, not part of a church family that needs a family, and we reach out to them and say, hey, we've got more room at the table. Because what's happening? This is a season when people are joining the table. And the overflow is, is in worship. And so when there's a time of worship, we, we actually push ourselves a little bit more than what we were before. So if we were the kind of people that were accustomed to just about 20 minutes of worship, like we have, you know, it's when, when some people come and they break through for the first time, they're kind of like, why do you guys sing so long? It's like, you've got nothing else to do, you know? <laughs> So if you're accustomed to 20 minutes and like after 20 minutes you just clock out, you know, you might be standing but inside you're sitting down. It's like, I'm done. It's like, how, how long before it's impolite for me to sit down? You know, like, maybe if I sit down they'll get the hint and they'll, you know. So if you're accustomed to just having the capacity to worship for 20 minutes, next time push in 25 like you're stretching yourself next 30 minutes. It's like, actually, you know, not just that I'm actually going to be present, but I'm actually going to participate. Yeah? So I'm not just going to, I'm worshiping with everything I have. <laughs> actually, I'm going to worship the Lord. Yeah? In fact, I'm going to participate. Like, we, we go for it. It's a season where there's an ease and a grace in the worship. So we say, Holy Spirit, would you help me to get into the place of being spiritually fit to actually go with the flow and to sense what you're doing in the room? So I, I'm not just somebody who's here only to receive. I'm actually contributing because he's enthroned on the praises of his people. Well, we want you to be enthroned. So we're actually consciously building that throne. It's an analogy. I mean, we're not physically building the throne, okay? You got me on that, right? Okay? But we're contributing to the establishing and the building of what he's doing in the environment, in the atmosphere, and it draws him, it attracts him. He's attracted to people who are hungry for him. His, his attention is on those whose hearts are towards him. And so we, together we create this, this, this place in the spirit realm where it's just like sucking the presence of the Lord. It's like draws him. If we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. So we consciously saying, you know what, this is a season where he's doing things. I'm going to press in that bit more. I'm going to go for it. I'm not just going to wait and expect everybody else to do it and I just get a free pass. Now, I'm actually going to be one of those who's building and contributing to what God's doing so that when others come in, they get into the slipstream. That's us. Three people nodded. That's good enough for me. Yes, I can work with three nods. All right. So this is, like, this is who we are. This is our attitude. We want to 
push things and go further and higher. We want to go experience the deeper depths of His love and His presence. We want the Lord to be doing things in the worship that even without anybody coming near us or laying hands on us, there's healing that's released, there's wholeness, there's joy, there's, the, everything just changes because He's in the room. And this is us. And we get a little bit happy about it. Like, I dare you to touch me, God. It's like, no, 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 no. We take, we're not putting up barriers. We're actually kind of like, we, we're leaning in. That's the season. Can we recognize the season? Right, like the sons of Issachar. They recognized the signs of the times and they knew what to do. So we, 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 we're discerning because the Holy Spirit has been poured out on some flesh. All flesh, the Spirit's been poured out and because the Spirit's been poured out, He's with us and we have the ability in the Spirit to discern good and evil. We have the ability to discern the Spirit and the moving of the Spirit and so we're cooperating. Oh, you're going this way. All right, let's go with you because we want to be led by the Spirit. All right. Fantastic. I'm excited even if um, three of you aren't. No, no, we're all excited, right? And, and so this is just absolutely beautiful, glorious, just loving what God's doing in this time, in this season. And this expectation that we have is just increasing, right? That God's going to do something absolutely amazing in our lives, in our environment, in our city. And it needs a God intervention. All right. So part of what we're on about is we're looking at this whole little mini-series about overcoming and breakthrough is because we need this in 2024. We're probably going to need it in 2025 and 26 and maybe the rest of our lives. So this is a good message to pay attention to. But we're not just talking in generalities. We're actually saying, Lord, what is it that you're doing in the season that we might recognize what you're doing and we might pray into these things. We might push in so that what you intend to do, instead of it being a half victory, we get a full victory. Okay, what do I mean by that? Thank you for asking that question. The prophet came to the king and he said, listen, he didn't call him but because he was the king. He said, king, open the window fire some arrows out the window. All right? And he fired an arrow. He said, may the Lord give you victory. And then he said, take an arrow and strike it on the ground. And the king just like, ugh, whatever. And he just sort of half-heartedly went, tish, tish, tish. Are you happy? And the prophet rebuked him. Basically, how dare you? That little tish, tish, that's how the Lord is going to give you victory over your enemies. But if you'd gone flat out, the Lord would have completely destroyed the enemy and given you complete victory. It's like, oh gosh. You know what? I never want to be half-hearted with the arrows. Come on, let's go for it. And especially when, when the wind of the Spirit is, is carrying us so we can go further. This is the season to go further. Push harder. 
Let's trust the Lord for bigger breakthroughs. For ourselves, our immediate environment, our city, the nation. Okay? Fantastic. So we, we looked at the link between overcomers and breakthrough. I tried to do that last week. And so the thing with, with being an overcomer, firstly, the Lord has promised, prophetically promised that he would cause us to be overcomers. He said, you'll be more than conquerors. Yes? All sorts of rewards attached to being an overcomer. But an overcomer means that there's something in the way and you need to get up and over to be an overcomer. Right? And the Lord enables us to do that. Hallelujah. But sometimes the Lord gives us a breakthrough instead of that overcomer. He actually causes a shattering of whatever the barrier is so that there's a permanent gap we can get through. And so last week we looked at Micah chapter 2 and verse 13. If we can just pop that up. And it says, the one who breaks open the way will go up before them. They will break through the gate and go out. Their king will pass through before them, the Lord at their head. Yeah, and basically this is where we get our name breakthrough from. Spelt a little differently, but nevertheless, there's the concept. That the Lord is the one who actually goes ahead and he breaks open the way. The Lord is the breaker. This is so, so encouraging because it's not up to me and how strong my faith is. This is not like because I've prayed and fasted for so long that therefore I have earned the right for a breakthrough. No, 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 no. He is the breaker. He is the one who gives the breakthrough. So we're following him and he is opening the way. Yay. And this is a season where there's the barriers, there's walls, there's there's various things in the way of the purposes of God being fulfilled in our lives and in our nation. We need breakthrough. Part of the reason why the Lord has given us this name breakthrough is that it might constantly be speaking to us about when we're facing situations, we're not victims, but we're going to be victors. And that barrier to the purposes of God, to the advance of the kingdom, is an invitation for us to see breakthrough. So we're stirring up our confidence in the one who is the breaker. It's faith. Lord, we trust you for the breakthrough. Lord, would you move Would you change things? Would you cause this breaking in the wall? Would you go through and lead us through? And the beautiful thing about it, because we collectively are known as breakthrough, is that we are going to find that the Lord is going to give us opportunities to learn about breakthrough. I slipped that in just subtly. You only need a breakthrough when you need a breakthrough. Okay? 
You need a breakthrough in like, whoa, my path is blocked. I cannot move forward. I'm hemmed in, okay? And many times we face these kinds of situations, whether it be financially, whether it be relationally, whether it be with health, whatever the thing is. But there are times in our lives where it's just like, I feel like this is dead end. Can't move forward. Lord, I need a breakthrough, okay? But when we do this, Here's the beautiful thing. Because he's gone ahead and we're following him, he leads us. We as a disciple, a learner follower, because that's the Greek understanding of disciple, a learner follower. So we're learning from the great teacher. Jesus is the teacher. He's the great rabbi. He's the master. We're learning from him and we're following in his ways. So we're following him, yes? So he's leading us. As we are disciples, he also speaks to us and he says, now listen, I want you to make disciples of others. So as we are walking and following Jesus, oh my goodness, look, there's someone else I can help. So I need to believe right and live right. Because I've got people watching the way I live to see if I am modeling the master. True, right? And so that's what a disciple is. A disciple listens to Jesus and puts into practice. So we're not just hearers only, but we are doers because we're people of faith and action. And we got it the right way around. Because we believe right, we live right. We haven't got it the wrong way around. Religion has it the wrong way around. The wrong way around says, if I do it right, then I'll get into heaven, so then it means that I've believed right. So they're relying on their behavior to get into heaven. But that's not the revelation of Jesus or of Scripture. It's believe right first, and then from right believing Live right. You can't believe right and live wrong. That's just wrong. It's a wrong understanding of grace. Oh, I'm just under grace. I can do what I like. No. Grace enables you to live up to that higher standard. So we live right because we believe right. Okay? So as we are following him as disciples... He's the standard, we're following him. Oh my goodness, there's somebody looking and asking me, like, how do I do it? What am I supposed to do here? So when I have gone through a situation and I've obtained a breakthrough, I now have a testimony to help this person who's following me as I'm following Jesus. I cannot say to them, you know what? Once upon a twice, I was in a situation similar. A couple of things about this are different, but there are a couple of things that are kind of like similar. And you know what? God came through for me. If he can come through for me, I know he'll come through for you. And so we call breakthrough that we might continuously experience and live in breakthroughs. And that we have personal testimonies 
of how God has done something in our lives so we can help people who are coming in and they haven't got a clue how to get a breakthrough, we can say, hey, I've got a couple of hints for you. My testimony is going to help you. So the breakthrough becomes contagious. You see how important this is? This is not just for you. This is for people who are coming after you. It'll help you as well. Yeah? And so it's, it's our trusting in the Lord, not relying on, oh, I'm such a, an amazing spiritually mature person. No, no, I'm looking to him and, you know, he caused that I should be part of this family and seeing it's labeled the breakthrough family, well, then I better have breakthroughs. And I better have testimonies of breakthroughs that I can help others. So when I'm facing a wall, I don't collapse. It's like, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah, they said God was moving, but all I got is this this wall in front of me. Well, this doesn't work, so yeah, I'm out of here. No, no, no. The wall is an invitation for you to experience your own breakthrough. The Lord is aligning you. He's setting you up for a testimony. Yes? Come on, look around the room. This is especially for parents with teenagers. You see, because when we've got teenagers, often they're a testimony in the making. Yeah? They haven't fully grasped this thing of, yes, sir. Or yes, ma'am. You know, they're kind of like, they, 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 um, they never heard of Frank Sinatra, but they're sure singing his song. I did it my way. Okay? That's the theme song of all rebels. Okay? And so the, the family says, come, let's do it this way. Come, come, come. And the teenage, no, 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 I'll go this way. It's like, why? Just because you're going that way, I will go the other way. It's like, what's with that? But you know what, parents? Look around the room. Most of the people who are a little older than teenagers, look in the room, they actually made it through those teenage years. It's, I mean, you once were a teenager, probably. And you made it. If God can get you through, he can get those. So we know it's possible to get through. We ourselves are living testimonies Once I was a teenager, but now I'm saved. Okay. Can we just have a little bit of fun? Okay. This thing of breakthrough, the Lord wants us to live up to this, but to kick it up to next level. Why is this important? Well, we're living in 2024. And there are heaps of things that are likely to stand in the way of the purposes of God. And if we don't prepare ourselves for what's coming, when there's a a brick wall, we could come to the incorrect conclusion. Oh, God doesn't want me on the other side. Because this is the year of the open door. Well, how does, sometimes the doorway first needs to be just a big hole in the wall first. Smash it open, a breakthrough that then becomes like an open doorway. 
He's opening doors. He's shutting doors that no one can open. In other words, he needs to shut the door to the enemy and the enemy's activity. But the other things where, the, where there has been a closed door and the Lord's going to swing it open because it's his purposes that we are going through that door. All right? And so some of the places, there is no door yet. So we're just going to bash a hole that's going to create a doorway for us to go through. This is making some kind of sense. Are you are you seeing the picture? Because otherwise we just think, oh, you know, they prophesied open doors, all going to be tra la 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 it's like, and why is so much going wrong in my life? Okay. So some of the open doors we have to contend for. He promised the people of God, you're going to have an inheritance, you're going to have a promised land. This is I'm going to, it's absolutely amazing. The brochures were, I mean, everybody kind of like, yes, please. I'm in. He said, great. So how's how we're going to do it? You're going to walk on foot in very rough, tough conditions. And then I want you to go and kick out the giants and go and fight for it. Uh, Didn't you say you were giving it to us? Yes, but the way I'm giving it to you is through contending for it. Right? Right? The Lord says, I'm giving you an open door. It's kind of like, oh, cool, great. I just sit back on my blessed assurance. No. There are some of these open doors we're going to have to contend for in order that we might obtain the open door. Okay? Fair warning, this message should come with a disclaimer. Yeah? Otherwise, the enemy, he's just got to put up a few polystyrene blocks. He's just put up this fake wall. He's going, oh, there's a wall. Oh, well, you know, it's not an open door, so whatever. And you shrink back from what the Lord has for you. Because the enemy has put up some kind of a barrier, but it's just a polystyrene fake wall. So let's not allow the enemy to put up things, obstacles in our way that prevent us from actually getting through to what the Lord has for us. Whether it's health, relationships, family, your finances, your career, whatever area. Let's be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Let's allow Him to show us what we're supposed to be doing that we might get the breakthrough. Especially seeing we are called. Okay. Marvelous. So, in the second book of Samuel, chapter 5, if you could turn there with me, please, I would appreciate. So, 2 Samuel, chapter 5. Here's an amazing, amazing story. So David was stepping into the fulfillment of prophetic words that he'd received years ago. Okay? So remember, Samuel the prophet went and anointed David. He was looking after sheep. 
And he was just a, a young boy. He was a teenager. There they go again. Um, and the Lord called him, and he was anointed to be the next king. Do you remember this? What happened? Did he become king next week? No. He was hounded by Saul, and he had to be on the run. I, I forget how many years now. Come on, who's a scholar in the room can remember? Is it 13 or was it 22 years? I can't remember. Somewhere between this. Minimum 13 years, probably not more than 22 years. He was on the run from Saul. He'd been given a prophetic word, you're going to be king. Come on. And the exact opposite manifested, not just for one week, not just for a month, not just for one season, one year. Like, again, and again, and again. This is crazy. Sometimes the Lord has given to you a prophetic vision, a dream. There's been a prophetic word. There's a scripture. There's something that the Lord has given to you. And you know that this is for you and for your family. And what happens? The exact opposite. So you've got to push through the opposition. You've got to hold on to the word. And then you, the Lord will come through. It might just take some time. So the prophetic word comes true. David is now established as king. He's not just king of Judah. Now he's been established king of Israel. Yes. And they have rallied the guys and they've gone in and they've taken over the city of Jerusalem. They kicked out the Jebusites and this now becomes the city of David. Jerusalem. It's the same place where Melchizedek brought out the bread and wine. He was king of Salem. Jerusalem. So this is the spot, massively significant. All kinds of things had happened right there. Abraham taking Isaac. Whoa. Okay. And so there's just amazing, amazing things that are happening there. So now David steps into revival. The prophetic words are coming true. He's now become king. They're taking ground. The kingdom is advancing. Woohoo, this is great. This is revival. Then what happens? They all lived happily ever after. Okay, why am I saying this? Because so many times we get this strange thing in our brains that when there's revival, everything will be easy. And it's not necessarily so. In fact, often what happens is that when God moves powerfully, the enemy tries to rally against that to try and stop and thwart what the Lord is doing. Try and discourage God's people that they might think, oh, actually that wasn't true, wasn't a proper prophetic word, it wasn't for you, you know, you were mistaken, you were deceived, so just, you know, abandon it, leave it and run. Okay, that's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to stop us from fulfilling the purposes of God in our lives. Okay? So when we experience revival, and part of what I'm doing with this preaching is actually prophetically speaking into what we're going to be facing. Let he who has ears to hear, let them hear. 
Because the Lord is pouring out His Spirit and He's doing things and there's a surge and there's an increase. But just be aware that the enemy doesn't like advance. And so there needs to be a pushing and a contending. The, con- the, the thing that's coming in the way, the blocking that, that we need the breakthrough for, it doesn't mean that the devil's winning. It just means there's a testimony in the making. And previously, we were accustomed to breaking through a wall so high. Next time, it's a wall this high. Next time, it's a wall this high. Next time, it's a, you get the understanding. All right? So the Lord is growing us in our experience of breakthroughs. So we've got a bigger testimony to be able to share that this isn't just something that's a beautiful idea, a nice concept, but actually it's a truth and a reality in our lives, individually and collectively. For us as people and for a nation, all kinds of things. We are wrestling and we're working to see the kingdom of God being established and increasing in measure on the earth in our time. That's why we're here. We're not just here for a cushy life. That's called heaven and heaven on earth. Now it's just earth. And we're praying and we want to bring from that, that time period in the future, we want to bring it into the now. So we're reaching into the supernatural realm, heaven on earth. On earth as it is in heaven. So we're reaching into a future era where the kingdom of God is fully established. Right now we're contending with the devil. But we're contending in such a way that we are bringing in, inviting and establishing outposts of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And we just keep increasing the territory and the space and the impact and the influence. That's what we're here for. Yes? You, you know you signed up for that. All right. Even if you don't know that you signed up, by the way, you were signed up for that. Hmm. Okay, David, revival. It's like, whoa, the prophetic words have come true. Everybody's feasting and celebrating. And they expanded and extended the territory, kicked out the Jebusites. And like, whoa, the promised land. Remember that promised land thing? What were the Jebusites still doing there after all these years? It's like, you know what? There's still things that need to be contended for. We still got to take ground. Okay, so what happens when there's revival? Verse 17, okay, 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 17. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in half force to search for him. They went up in full force to search for him, but David heard about it and he went down to the stronghold. So when the Lord is doing things, the enemy tries to come full force to stop and hinder what God is doing. So don't be surprised in this time when there's a surging and you're kind of like, oh, that's was amazing. I used to only work, worship for 21 minutes. Now I can do 25. <laughs> like I'm, I'm doing amazing, right? And like three people greeted me. 
It's like I'm, I'm learning how to be more friendly. You know, I used to come into the gathering with a, with a scowl on my face and nobody even wanted to say. Now I'm learning to smile and actually three people smiled back. It's like I'm winning. Okay? So as we're growing, it's like, and then, oh my goodness. That situation at work, just like, oh. Trying to cause you to become despondent. Your neighbor this or whatever, you know, it goes. All right? So there are practical ways in which the enemy tries to come against us to discourage us. So what does David do? Throws up his hand, say, oh, the prophetic word was wrong after all. You know, I just become king, but maybe it's not meant to be. Look how big the Philistine army is. So, you know what? Whatever. The, the shortest reign in history. You know, that's it, I'm done for. No. What does he do? He goes to the stronghold. He goes to the place where he gets strength in the Lord. Strongholds are actually meant to be places where, where God is our strong tower. I, I know that sometimes because we've heard about it so much that don't let the enemy get a stronghold in your life. So then we think, oh, strongholds are activities of the devil. No, no, it's where he's stolen what is meant to be a stronghold of God and he's squatting there. He's an illegitimate occupier of a stronghold, a place in your thinking and in your, in your, in your life, your, your faith, your, your, your courage, your, the way you live. It's meant to be a place for God, but he has come and he's usurped that thing and he's squatting there and he's trying to say he owns the thing and he's trying to tell you what to do. And then becomes a stronghold for the enemy. But the real intention is it's meant to be a stronghold of God. Amen. Amen. So he goes in in the stronghold and he's strengthening himself in the Lord. How do we know this? Because from that place he inquires of the Lord. This is amazing. All right. Okay. Now, the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. There's so many little coded things in here. So let's just see if we can unpick us a little bit. Rephaim means giants. The valley of giants. The enemy comes in and positions himself as though he's a giant. And he tries to bring intimidation against us. It's like we're supposed to be scared because... It's the valley of giants. The enemy enlarges things, makes it appear way bigger, way worse, way more terrible than it actually is. He uses fear tactics to intimidate us that we might back off or lose heart, give up, run away. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because that's not the end of the story. <laughs> because David has got a testimony. Even as the soldiers of Israel are following him, disciples follow disciple makers. The soldiers kind of like, what are we supposed to do? David says, <laughs> boys. When I was a youngster, 
I got a sling. And I went against the giant. And it went, hit him just there. And he went, and then I went, got his head off and I picked it up and the blood was dripping. So I know, I know what happens to giants. Giants go down. this army can come and gather here in the valley of the giants to come against the purposes of God but we've got a testimony giants come down but boys we are not all going to with slings we're not going to rely on the principles of battle from that exchange. We're going to inquire of the Lord. This time, Lord, what do you want us to do? We know, Lord, the testimony is you can give us the victory. But what do you want us to do? Verse 19. So David inquired of the Lord, shall we go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? The Lord answered him, go, for I will surely deliver the Philistines into your hands. So David went to Baal Perazim, and there he defeated them. He said, as waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So that place was therefore called Baal Perazim. Okay? Now, in the New Living Translation, verse 20 says, So David went to Baal Perazim and defeated the Philistines there. The Lord did it, David explained, exclaimed. He burst through my enemies like a raging flood. And so he named that place Baal Perizim, which means the Lord who bursts through. The Lord gave them such a victory, they named the place after the battle. In other words, there was something that was remarkable, that was different from other battles that was so impactful, they said, man, we've never seen this before, we better name this place after that victory. So what was it? Well, the enemy was lined up there, trying to intimidate, and God said, take it head on. It's like, really? Yeah, just... And so, it was... It was like a damn wall that bursts open. That's the connotation. The waters break out. Waters break through. It's a flood that just goes. And the damn wall breaks. And it's a flood going through. It's like, oh my goodness, we've not seen a battle and a victory like this. It's like, whoa, and you know what? God has done it. It's like their army, our army, we know ourselves. Listen, boys, we're still learning. Listen, we only just got Jerusalem a short while ago. We haven't got the whole army sorted out. We don't really know what we're doing. Clearly, this is the Lord who's given us this victory. It was obvious. Like Before we knew it, there was this hole in the army, and we went straight through. And we sorted them out. 
That was extraordinary. Yeah? So the Lord is going to release different kinds of breakthroughs as we're facing challenges and, and, and things that would want to stop the flow of the living water. But God is going to release the breakthrough. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. Because God is going to do things in unexpected ways. The army of the Philistines did not expect that at the center it would give way. I mean, the center is normally the place of greatest strength. And the Lord just goes, and before they knew it, they were defeated. They were tumbling and turning as though the flood was all over them. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. And then the Lord does two beautiful things. They name the place Baal Perizim. Baal means Lord. The Lord is the one who gives the bursting forth. What are they doing? They're taking the enemy's nose. It's actually... They're rubbing the enemy's nose in it. Because you, the enemy, Philistines, you worship Baal. And you think Baal is going to give you victory. But our God is greater. He's the Lord of the breakthrough. And it says here, in verse 21, the Philistines abandoned their idols there. David and his men carried them off. Like, the Philistines were trusting in demonic powers and in, in their idols to give them victory. God so broke through that he destroyed everything. They're kind of like, well, our idols are useless. Just forget it, leave it. So David and his men, they're able to pick him up and carry them off. The story is picked up in First, Corinthians, First Chronicles chapter 14. You don't have to turn there, but it's the same account of this battle is in Chronicles. And there it says, not only did David and his men carry off the idols, but they burnt them, destroyed them. Some of the reason for the breakthrough that you need to obtain is to destroy the works of the evil one. Where there was demonic strongholds, where there was opposition to the purposes of God, and the enemy tries to raise up through intimidation and through demonic influence, the Lord is going to cause a breakthrough that he's going to destroy the idols of the enemy. It's called spiritual warfare. We're going to see some breakthroughs in our nation. 
As we're praying in 2024 into our elections, we know that our wrestle is not against flesh and blood. So the government is not our enemy, even though they've been doing some really disastrous things. And it would appear that they are not on the side of the people. They're not actually caring for the very ones that they're supposed to be serving. They are serving themselves and feeding on all of the taxes and whatever and and all kinds of mismanagement and corruption and, and, and. So I'm not trying to get political here, but what I'm trying to say is that there are people that were entrusted with things and didn't actually fulfill the trust. Okay? And so they are not our enemy. They are being influenced, a whole heap of them, by demonic strongholds in their lives. If you go and you slaughter a goat or a bull somewhere in the bush, you're calling on the dead. It's not the dead. The dead are gone. It's demonic spirits. And so they're entrusting demonic spirits to help them to increase their power and their influence. Our our wrestle is not flesh and blood. It's the entities behind what's going on. And so as we are wrestling for some breakthroughs, all right, we're trusting the Lord is going to come through that in this whole process, through prayer and through standing for truth and for righteousness, that in actual fact, things that were strongholds of the enemy, idols, will come down. So the breakthroughs that we're contending for on a personal level, and then the breakthroughs we're contending as a corporate level, and then the breakthroughs we're contending at a city level, will cause us to rise in our strength and our spiritual maturity to trust him for breakthroughs in the nation and then the continent. We are no longer going to be the continent of darkness. It's the continent of light. This is not the dark continent. This is the continent of Jesus. Nkosi Sikilele i Africa. God, come and rule, come and reign. But there's contending, so we've got to push through. But in this thing that you're facing, because you, know, you might still be at the Goliath stage. It's like this is the first giant I've faced. All right? But there's going to be another battle. Okay. I've got good news for you. When you've won this battle, as a reward, the Lord gives you another one. This is amazing. He is so confident in himself and he's confident in his people that he draws out the enemy yet again so they can give the enemy a blood nose. This is extraordinary. So they've just like established, they've taken the idols. Maybe they didn't know that the the idols had been burnt. Maybe they thought they're going to come back and recapture the idols, which didn't help them the first time. So why would you? It's just ridiculous. But nevertheless, these guys come back again. The same place. It's the same enemy and the same place. They come and fight again. 
And some of you is like, but why am I facing this issue again? I thought I dealt with this thing. It's like this business thing, this health thing, this financial thing, this relationship. It's like, I thought we dealt with that thing. And it's like, oh my goodness. I mean, I'm getting revelation about situations that I'm facing helping other churches. It's like, goodness, but we went through that, that time at that place. We went through that time at that place. Now it's sticking its head up again. It's like, it's like it's the same enemy. It's the same spirit stirring up and trying to have another go. Now, it doesn't mean that the devil is winning. And it doesn't mean that God is not with you. It just means pick up and fight again. And if the enemy comes again, we'll pick it up and we'll fight again. Until he's completely sorted out. We're not going, well, you know, I tried it and I thought it worked, but evidently it doesn't work. So, you know, the sickness is back. So I'm just going to accept it. No. 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 Right? I guess I'll always be in debt. No. I guess I'll always have broken relationships. No. Okay? So the enemy comes the same place, the same way. All right? So what does David do? He says, boys, we know what to do. We've done this. We've got the testimony. We know it's not... Okay, it's like straight up the middle. No, he doesn't do that. Okay, let's quickly see if we can finish this in the next half an hour. All right, so verse 13. Once more the Philistines raided the valley. So David inquired of God again. Oh, sorry, I was, that was Chronicles. Let's go back to Samuel. Once more, the, verse 22. Once more the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. Same place. So David inquired of the Lord and he answered, do not go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, move quickly, because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as the Lord commanded him and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Giza. And the end of Chronicles, it says, so David's fame spread throughout the land, um, throughout every land, and the Lord made all the nations fear him. The first battle sorted out the idols. The second battle sorted out the reputation of God. It's like, why do we got to face this again? Well, God's going to get a different aspect of victory out of this situation. All right? So David didn't kind of like, okay, listen, I went to the local Christian bookstore and I got 10 steps how to defeat the Philistines because I wrote the book last time based on the strategy. No, no, we are not Christians who are led by principle. Ten steps, ten principles, seven this, five that. If you do this and this and this, then God will that, that, that. No. No, we're led by the Spirit. 
I've just saved you a lot of money from the Christian bookstore. This is, come on. No, we, God's not a mathematical equation. He's a relationship. And he wants us to inquire of him. Lord, what do you want us to do in this situation? He wants to lead us. He wants to be there, present. Not like, it's okay, God, I got this. I got your book. Don't need you. I'll just, I'll just do the steps. No, no, no. You watch over there. See what I'm going to do for you. No, no, no. We don't live our Christian lives like that. Okay? You need firewood or, you know, something to light your fire. Get all those books and put them to good use. Light a good fire with those things, man. No, no. Live in the presence. Lord, what are you doing? What are you saying? So David inquires again. He says, Lord, what do you want me to do? And in his mind, he's kind of like, okay, I've seen you do this. I've got a testimony. And I've seen you do the Goliath thing. I've got a testimony. But Lord, in this time, what do you want to do? And the Lord says, I'm so glad you asked. Because here we are going to absolutely bamboozle the enemy. Because the enemy also wrote a book. Based on what's happened in the past. And so the enemy, he's now fortified the middle part. And he's looking forwards. Because they're going to rush from the front. Because that's what we expect them to do. Because that's how they got the victory last time. So the enemy... God says, okay, we're going to catch him. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to circle around the back. And what's going to happen is that he's looking out the front. All his armor and his shields are facing the front. He's got nothing covering him at the back. He becomes even more vulnerable. Not only that, I'm going to mess with him. There's going to be the sound of marching. And they're going to think like, what invisible army is this now? Because we can see them. We can't see anything, but we just hear. There's an army, and they start kind of like, like, so someone like oh, I, I don't know what I ate for breakfast, but man, I, my eyes are playing tricks on me. I, I can hear them, but I can't see them. And the enemy begins to get full of fear and panic. And then, when God's people move in, it's a quick battle. And it gets them on the run. And they run all the way down from Gibeon to Giza. And God gains a decisive victory. And the name of the Lord... And the revere and the respect and the awe of the name of the living God is known not just in that land, but in all the lands. God gets a huge victory for himself. Why? Because the enemy decided he's going to try again. Now you can have a victim mentality, so like, Oh, what's wrong? I've got to fight again. You know, like I must have done something wrong. You know, I, I did something in the end. No, 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 no. Don't go those routes. I mean, if there is something you did wrong, well, for goodness sake, yes, repent, stop it. Oh, yeah, I mean, but if you've not been stupid, you've tried to live right, then don't go to wrong defaults. Like, I must have brought this on myself. Maybe you didn't bring it on yourself. Maybe the Lord brought it to you 
so that you can give the enemy because God wants to get a big victory for himself. Maybe it's not so much about you, but about what God wants to do on the earth. Come on. Come on. We're going from Goliath to the whole army sorting out the idols to the nations. Are you tracking? Come on, Breakthrough. We've been given a name not just so we can have a comfortable life. We've been given a name so that we might know what it is to wear the name accurately. Like we're going to face things. All right. God's going to give us victory. Lord, how do you want to do it? Because we know this is not just about us. It's about others who are watching us, our disciples. It's about your name and what you're doing on the planet. Because you are establishing your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. We want to be part of that. So, okay, Lord, as we face 2024 and 25 and whatever it's going to be, and there are all these different things that come up and want to intimidate us, okay, we're not going to listen to the voice of the giants. We're going to the stronghold. We're going to the place of his presence. We're going into worship. We're going deep. We're just going to lean in there longer. We're going to linger longer in the presence. We say, Lord, speak to us. Show us what you're doing. Because you've got the keys for this victory. And we know that you want to give the victory. All right. So, Lord, we're leaning in. Because this is a season of victories. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Would you like to stand? You've been sitting a long time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, that you're working powerfully in our midst. You're working powerfully in your people. You're working powerfully in this nation. Thank you, Lord, that you are stirring up our hearts and our minds to think by the Spirit, to discern the times, and to know what to do. That you're causing a strength to come on the inside of us. That when the enemy is approaching, our first response is to run to you, our stronghold. And not to cave in to fear and doubt and unbelief. Thank you, Lord, that you lead your people in triumphant, victorious procession. We're on victory parade. Thank you that you cause us to be more than overcomers. And that the enemy is losing ground even as your kingdom is advancing. So Lord, help us, strengthen us, cause us to be strong in you and in the power of your might. And give us the victory. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. amen. Hallelujah.